Welcome to the Reggie McNeil Podcast, where we explore what it means to seek God's kingdom here on earth. Join us on our journey to become more aware of and encouraged by God's work in and around us. Well, hey, gang, I'm here with my good friend, Tim Hallman. Uh, Tim and I have known each other now uh, about a decade. I've had the privilege of watching him uh, in his leadership roles uh, make some pretty significant shifts uh, in, in personal leadership and then even in the uh, venue and the scope of his leadership. But I'm going to let Tim uh, tell you about that as he introduces himself. So, Tim, uh, welcome to the podcast and tell us a little bit about you so our listeners will know. Yeah. Hey, thanks, Reggie. It's really good to be here with you. And um, these days I'm pastoring with the YMCA of Greater Fort Wayne in Fort Wayne, Indiana. That's Northeast Indiana for your listeners. And uh, I've been in the community for about 25 years. Uh, for 20 years prior to the Y, uh, I pastored uh, Anchor Community Church, a small neighborhood church just north of downtown with the uh, Church of the United Brethren in Christ. And um, I've been pastoring my whole professional life. So graduated from Huntington University, wanted to be a pastor, went to school to be a pastor. My dad was a pastor. Uh, and so, you know, I love, I love the church. I love pastors and I love people. So that's just kind of, that's where I'm at right now. But you know, it's interesting because you, you, you introduced yourself as saying you're pastoring at, and I want to come back to that in just a minute. Well, I'll, I'll stay with that for a moment, you know, because it's in so much of the conversation now I hear about, you know, fivefold ministries and, you know, uh, Ephesians, whatever. We treat those like church jobs. Mm-hmm. And uh, as opposed to being gifts, which is what exactly, I mean, when that verse was written, uh, you know, no one had a church job for crying out loud. That's right. uh, and, and so, you know, the apostle was very clear. These are gifts that God gives. And so you see your role. Once, if you are gifted uh, with pastoring, you're, you're going to pastor no matter where you work. What difference does it make where your paycheck comes from? Yeah, right. You know, throw you down in the middle of Best Buy you know, in the computer section, and you're going to wind up pastoring uh, every, you know, everybody there. I mean, it's just, uh, so, so it's, it's interesting, uh, and I appreciated the way that you uh, introduced now, but you're pastoring, you said, at the Y, which is a a shift from a local congregation. Uh, What, what, what drew you into that role? Well, I mean, to be honest, you had a big part in that, you know, in terms of, helping me change my scorecard, but also just thinking about what does it mean to be in that calling as a pastor and to think about my whole community as part of who I am pastoring. I think of John Wesley, where he talks about the world as my parish. And I think you helped highlight that um, vision. And so when I was pastoring Anchor Community Church, I thought about our location. You know, I took a 10 block radius and thought of those 20,000 people they're under my sphere of pastoring. So whoever the Lord leads me to, I'm just going to try and be a pastor to them and, and, uh, and care for them. And so then it kept leading me more and more into the community. And I just really felt like God was calling me into that. And so my, the church that I was serving at was a launching pad for kind of community pastoring. And uh, when the Lord was leading me out of anchor into another space, the why just happened to be creating this position. So it's a brand new position, not very many YMCA's in the United States have it. And so we, the CEO and I kind of co-created it once uh, he decided to hire me, but it was really about loving, caring, and serving our staff and members. 
And so it went from, you know, I was doing that in a small congregation of 120 people in a neighborhood of 20,000 people to doing this in the YMCA, which had a reach of 120,000 people in a three county area. And so the scope changed, but the calling didn't. Well, I'm fascinated. What is, just so that our listeners can get a bead on what your role is, what, what did you guys name your role in the Y, your, your position? Yeah, so the title is Director of Christian Emphasis. And so we think about the name YMCA, Young Men's Christian Association, you know, the, as we kind of mauled on, well, what is a way for the C to be really strong in the YMCA now, you know, in this generation, in this era, in this, in this culture, and how do we make it stronger? And so who, who's going to think about that and run some experiments to figure out what that looks like? How many Ys in the country uh, have a similar position in your estimation? So prior to the pandemic, there was about 70 YMCAs out of 800 that had a role like this after the pandemic that got cut in half uh, wow. just because so many Ys are struggling financially. Yeah, but you, you're, you have a remarkable organization there, <clears throat> the YMCA in Fort Wayne. <clears throat> excuse me, has an incredible reach into the community. Uh, is it 10 locations or 14 locations? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, 14 and um, membership branches and then service branches and a camp. But it was something, um, it was like one in every, how many residents? Five people uh, in a three-county area were connected to the Y in some way. Let, let me repeat that because it may have got one out of five one out of five. Is there is there anybody else that has that kind of community engagement, uh, you know, in your world? I mean, that seems singular. Yeah. No. Well, so we started thinking, well, how do we steward that? Like, what does that mean? If God's given us this kind of influence, what should we do with that? How do we steward that? And so part of my calling and work with the Y was, well, how do we mobilize our people to serve? So if you're part of the Y, my job is to connect them to serving opportunities. And so again, that posture of um, blessing people and being open, it's not hierarchical or I'm controlling anything, but you know, I start off with stuff I'm passionate about. You know, we have a nonprofit called NeighborLink where you can help neighbors out with really practical needs. So, you know, my job was to connect members to that kind of opportunity or habitat or rescue mission. But then it moved to, as we found out members who had a passion to do something, then my job was to figure out how to help them do what they're already passionate about. Well, or yeah. if they were, I'm sorry, go ahead. I, I yeah, or if they were a pastor right. and they and the pastor really wanted to begin to do more in the community, then I could be a broker to them for engaging in the community through the Y because I found a lot of pastors that were nervous, a lot of evangelical pastors that were nervous about doing community work. They weren't sure how to be a pastor in the community or how their church could be part of the community because they were so focused on getting the community to come to their church. What would it look like for that church to go to the community and so I found myself in a space, inviting them into that space. And for those that wanted to, man, it's just really beautiful. Well, you said a couple of things there I want to follow up on. Um, the first is the fact that you help people find a way, you, you build on-ramps for people into ways they can be a blessing. That's they right. can contribute, you know, to the community. Uh, it, it's so fascinating to me when we think about the kingdom and about, you know, the kingdom being life as God intends and our own role in it as viral kingdom agents actually being people of blessing, you know, partnering with God in that. 
I mean, uh, what you're doing seems like uh, setting uh, an example for every congregation. I mean, shouldn't that be what we're helping all of our folks figure out is, you know, not just how do I get to heaven, punch my ticket, mm -hmm. but how do I bring kingdom, you know, to earth right yeah. now through yeah. my passion and interest. And so I think your, your vision there, and I hope there are folks listening to this, maybe you're not an employee of the Y, but maybe you, you know, you've got a congregational role or the organization to become the premier provider of connections for folks to exercise their passion and stuff. It's a very significant kingdom contribution uh, that you're making there in Fort Wayne. Um, is there anything else? You, because I want to follow up on one more I, something that you just said, but any comment on that? Well, I was just going to say one of the things that, you know, and, and, and kind of learning from you is a sense that God's already out there ahead of us. So we're not bringing God into a space. I mean, God's bringing us into that space when he's ready for us to enter into it. And so I, that's been my, my pitch to, to Christians that I meet in the why who weren't sure, can I be a Christian in the why? Could I do something Christian in the why? And helping them rethink the question of what, what do I see God doing around me? So that was really liberating and empowering for people. And then the question yeah. was, with what I see God doing, what would he like me to do? And yeah. so it, it helped people not feel responsible for saving everybody in the why or making right. the why more Christian, but just with what you feel like God's prompting in you, how could I help you do what you think God wants you to do? I mean, we're not, there's no coercion in that. It's all joy. And then right. just really exciting things happen. Well, and you know, you're right. I mean, it's like one of the reasons people in so many congregations, I think, get sweaty palms when we think about evangelism and all is, is, is our idea of that is, you know, going out to sell somebody who's not looking for something, you know, sell them something that they haven't asked for and being able to overcome all their objections and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's just, it's silly how we've turned evangelism. We just borrowed marketing uh, out of the world instead of what you're talking about, which is just incarnational organic, you know, having a, you know, the capacity to give an answer for the hope that's in you. That's I mean, right. you know, if you're, if you're having fun and enjoying, <clears throat> maybe fun's too frivolous a notion for some of our, but <laughs> Joy. let's just say you're finding Joy. yourself fulfilled <laughs> that's right. in what you're doing. There are people that are drawn to that because, you know, uh, gosh, particularly now with the narrative in our country being so negative, around so many things. If you're a person of hope and optimism, crying out loud, you, you're countercultural right now. Uh, right. You know, I mean, I just find it so easy myself when I get with folks just to talk about everything that's not going well, uh, instead of giving people a, a, a way out of that kind of toxic yeah. Uh, mental state. Yeah. But you said something else that I want to follow up on, and that is you were helping pastors who felt or who feel a little nervous and skittish about community engagement. Uh, and, 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 you, and you're right. We weren't trained as pastors to do that. We were trained on helping the church do church stuff better. Mm -hmm. So um, what are some of the skills then and competencies or um, some of the uh, capabilities that need to be in leaders who are looking for a way to have a heightened community engagement. How, what, what would yeah. you call out? 
Well, I think one would be uh, the cultivating the um, maybe attentiveness, like just paying attention to the community that that building that you gather in is in. So you're in a space, you're in a building, just pay attention. What is this community we're in? And does it have any boundaries? Is there anything unique about it? Is what does it mean? And then what does it mean for us to be part of it? Uh, yeah. I think so. That's an attentiveness piece. Uh, but then, you know, the skill of listening. So if you've ever met anyone in that space, which you probably have, you know, just think, well, what if I got in the space of just listening? What are they saying about what they care about? What are they saying about what's going well in their community, what they celebrate or what's a heartbreak? And, uh, and then listening to what God's saying to you about it. But then I think the other thing I've been encouraging pastors to do is, do you love that place where you serve? Like, do you love that wow. community where your building is, where you keep gathering? And do you, do I love Fort Wayne? Do I love the people in Fort Wayne? Do I love this part of the community? And to figure out how to do that. So it's a posture. So that way, when you're meeting people, it's not a threat, like, will they like me or not like me? Are they going to be anti-Christian or whatever? But just, I already love them ahead of time. So we'll just see how this goes. Wow. And you would come with a humble posture, right? Like I'm, I'm really, it's really about them. It's not about me. I'm not trying to get them to do anything. I just, I just want to meet them and connect them. And then again, God's probably already at work in their life. So if he lets me see anything, what do you, what would you want me to do? So I think that kind of skill of attentiveness, you know, of listening and of humility and, and love in that space is a starting point. And then you're kind of open to whatever it is God would want you to do, as opposed to you've got something you want to do and you're just hoping you find someone that would want you to do what you already want to do. It's not, yeah. it's, it's not about you. It is so well said, Tim. Uh, so well said. Uh, and you know, uh, we, th there's so much emphasis on listening um, that I find to be a consistent uh, theme in all of the kingdom leaders that I interview. Um, they just are excellent listeners. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's not, uh, you know, we think we're in the business of telling, uh, but, you know, not before we listen. I mean, and uh, Jesus just had, Jesus could listen. Of course, he's, I know he's the son of God. has got a leg up on us, but I, I, he just had the capacity to listen at multiple levels when people were talking uh, to draw them out, you know. Um, but so you're, you, you embody that, but you also help other people. I'm thinking, uh, too, about collaboration. Um, as a skill set, um, along with, you know, paying attention like you're talking about and listening. Um, it seems that we are, the Christian leaders are, uh, we're not schooled in the collaborative um, aspects of leadership that are imperative if we're going to play in the sandbox with other folks. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think collaboration um, is crucial on a couple levels. So when I was pastoring at Anchor, we're a small neighborhood church, and a lot of people in our neighborhood um, had just gotten out of jail, or they were struggling with addiction of many kind, um, a lot of family strife. So if they joined our church, and we wanted to do discipleship with them or leadership development, it was meeting them where they are at. And so they often needed a lot of other resources and social support to help them get stability in their lives, which meant we had to collaborate with lots of agencies to help families we were serving get the love and help they needed and so the collaboration was not out of principle is because we were trying to really care for people that god brought into our orbit and and realized we just don't we don't have much money 
And I, so, I, so maybe money is a, is a obstacle to collaboration. Cause if you feel like, Oh, we could just hire our way into something, then yeah. you're less likely to collaborate. So some of it was just, we want to care for people. We don't have money. So how can we partner? But then when I came to the YMCA, the YMCA already, well, our YMCA does, and a lot do, you know, just, we just want to partner with as many people as possible so that the Y can come in and add extra energy or extra resources or, and often we're the biggest nonprofit. So that we're often coming alongside smaller organizations who they're doing something really focused that we can't do, but then we offer scale that they don't have. And so, or we offer, you know, people. And so that collaboration again comes out of the spirit of how do we be for all? And I think that emphasis is really key to collaboration. When you ask how many people am I for, you yeah. know, uh, how many people am I for? Cause if I'm not for very many people, I'm not going to feel compelled to collaborate. But at the YMCA part of our mission is to be for all. So it's like, well, how do yeah. we get started? So what percentage, I'm just curious, I guess you track this, um, or at least have some sense of what percentage of your members in the Y uh, have some kind of community engagement that, that, that they report or, or that you are aware of. Do you have a sense of that? Well, so there's about, I would say 2000 members that have volunteered with us directly. So wow. out of, you know, 70,000, that's like maybe one or 2% that actually directly volunteered with us. And so then, you know, we meet a lot of people who, when we talk to them, they've not volunteered with us, but they tell us who they're volunteering with. And so yeah. that's a lot harder number to capture. And so we've toyed around with what, what kind of number is a good number? Like if we were going to keep a scorecard on members that serve with us or through us in the community, what's a healthy number? We're not sure yet. I was going for 20%. It's like, oh, it'd be great to have 20,000 people serving through us. And we haven't figured that out yet. Um, and so then the real question is, well, what's the real spirit behind it? You know, and so when we call, when we collaborate with a lot of other organizations, that's another form. And oh, uh, we literally have lost count of how many people we collaborate with. You know, it's, it, and, and what you're saying there is, is uh, a challenge even at the local congregational level. You know, how do we count volunteers? You know, there are people that are involved in our programs directly. But is it the ultimate goal here is to help everyone have an expression somewhere? And I've, I've seen some pretty innovative things in the last couple of years where, uh, you know, congregations take a, an annual uh, survey, tell us where you are serving in the community so they have a sense of where their folks are. Mm -hmm. And I suspect you could probably do something similar uh, there and it would give you some kind of picture. Uh, oh, you, could, you could threaten to double their fees or the membership <laughs> fees if they don't fill out that survey. I mean, you know, incentivize it. Or they could have, you know, one percent of your salary as a lottery when which would set them up, you know, for life. I mean, you I, know. I like where this is going. <laughs> I'm just but I, thinking But I was gonna say I've got two good stories, you know, so one is uh, uh an older uh, member, her and some friends, they were retirees and uh they volunteered with me uh through a neighborlink project early on and they said stuff like we've always wanted to do a neighborly project we just didn't know how and so that was a light bulb for me if that was part of my role to again help people do something they've always wanted to do well now she just volunteers with neighborly on her own so i can't count 
her volunteer hours anymore because she's still a Y member and she volunteers with NeighborLink, but now they do multiple projects a year and I may or may not find out about it. And so that was really thrilling to me because again, that was again, that spirit of making that connection and then letting it fly. And then I had a younger uh, couple, a young mom, her and, and her very th three very little children would volunteer for mulching projects or uh, food bank projects. And then I just ran into her the other day. She said, oh yeah, we've been volunteering at the food bank, you know, for, for months now, thanks to your invitation. Wow. On her own, just with the food bank. And so yeah. again, that's been really exciting to see that happen. And so I'd like to think that's happening more often. And I, I like your idea of crafting some kind of a way for people to share here's all the yeah. ways we have been serving yeah whether because of the why or we are also part of the why and it's something to champion you know we um i have a couple of clients that actually on an annual basis put out a list uh or they have it available all the time but on an you know on a concentrated effort i guess is what i'm saying you know as they help find out where their folks are engaged but they all, they'll even ask, uh, one of clients even ask people to pledge. It's like we pledge to building campaigns, pledge yeah. the number of service hours in the community. And then mm. they list about 24 um, partnership organizations, Boys Club, Girls Club, YMCA, Salvation mm. Army, Habitat, you know, on and on and on. Yeah. And um, so that it helps their members understand, you know, the wide range of service uh, that they yeah. could give. And um, and so, th in a way, that's helping that congregation at least, um, you know, celebrate. Of course, its own engagement, but it allows them mostly to celebrate what folks are doing. Just like those two stories, you yeah. know, that is as much your celebration yeah. as uh, you know, as someone who's just decided to do all their work through you. Because yeah. the point is, you know, they're helping. They're serving as viral kingdom agents to help people enjoy right. the flourishing life that God intends for them. That's I, right. I think it's, I, I think those are beautiful stories where you're, you're winning. What, what do you, um, what do you see as some of the obstacles? Um, I mean, you know, we're coming out of this pandemic, which has been a giant, I don't know. I mean, everybody's used every analogy and metaphor that, you know, we've exhausted the, the dictionary on reset button, fast forward button, you know, all that stuff. What, what has changed in Fort Wayne or what do you think has changed in people? Uh, you know, what would be your observation about that? Yeah. So on a couple of things of just looking at your kind of behaviors or choices people are making, we're seeing a lot more people join the Y. So that tells me that people want to be out of their homes. They want to be in a public space, you know, and joining the Y they, they want to be healthy or they, they want to be active. So, we're definitely seeing a resurgence. Uh, we think we'll actually end up having more members wow. uh, than ever uh, if things continue to go the way they are. At the same time, we're finding out there's, we discovered there's more hunger in Fort Wayne. There's, there's more people with food inequity than we ever realized. Wow. And so there's this interesting um, kind of awareness of the vulnerability that people already had. They became way more vulnerable and I think as a city, we see it now and we can't unsee it. And wow. so there is extraordinary collaboration going on at multiple levels to do something about these inequities and, and vulnerabilities and organize around it. And so there's some really beautiful examples of very small gatherings of people just taking action and using social media to 
increase and leverage their opportunity to serve. And so the YMCA gets to come alongside them and partner. And then there's, you know, really large organizations that are organizing around uh, really certain things that are pretty complicated. And there's a real general sense of, I think, a kingdom attitude of many Christian nonprofits and, and, uh, and um, nonprofits in general really rallying around, uh, for example, infant mortality is, is a real crucial issue uh, wow. in our, our county. And so lots of people trying to rally around that. Mental health has been a, a really big issue that's been addressed. And, and so lots of people are trying ways. And now there's always a little bit of competition. You can't get away from that. But I think what's remarkable is the amount of eager collaboration has been revealed as not just, oh, isn't that nice, but wow, lives are at stake based on this collaboration. So uh, that I'm really excited about what God is doing in in Allen County and in our region uh, in that area. Well, you know, I've I've talked with you on a number of occasions about the why being capable and able to call the party um, in a unique sense, um, not as a competitor to the church, um, only only very few p- people would see the why as their competitor, but as an expression of the church, um, you know, in, in Fort Wayne that has a large broadband uh, capability and, and, you know, just encompasses many expressions of church that, you know, one modality can't, uh, can't do. And so, you know, I really think uh, that you're helping the church, the, the church, in Fort Wayne be do better at being church because you're giving them a way to act out what it means to love our neighbor and and serve God uh, by doing that. So I really appreciate your time uh, with us and, and, uh, and, you know, giving us a glimpse into a scale on a city level uh, and a tri-county area of, of how the kingdom really is uh, breaking out in people's lives. Anything else you want to add to that or, or, or say, Tim, that you're seeing God doing at, at work that you're encouraged by? Well, I'll just say for any of your listeners that are in a city with the YMCA, uh, have them check out and see you know, if the YMCA would be willing to be a, a collaborator on something that they care about in their community. Odds are that Y will probably say yes in some way. And I think the YMCA, we say we're not a church. But so what are we? Well, we're part of the kingdom. And so there's many, many YMCA leaders and members that they think of themselves as part of the kingdom, but we need churches. We need to partner with churches. And I think to the degree that more churches think of the Y as a partner and together think kingdom, don't think how can the Y help my church, but how together can we pursue the kingdom? Uh, I would love to see uh, more of that happen. And I think a lot of Ys are are open to that. Yeah, you know, the, the choice of article says everything. You know, uh, if we talk about a church, uh, then, you know, we shrink wrap the kingdom down to a, a certain, uh, you know, often monodimensional one modality congregational uh, form of church expression. But if we want to talk about the church, then we're open to uh, the church and its uh, magnificent uh, diversity of expression just like Paul talks about in the body he has so many different parts and and you know we, we've just got to recapture that yeah. instead of just thinking one small little expression of the church is all there is to church yeah. you're doing a great job of helping the church 
be the church in Fort Wayne. So way Thank to you. go, Tim. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, I appreciate it. Your time with us today. And man, I hope a bunch of our listeners figure out ways to build collaborative uh, partnerships with uh, whatever, wh wh whoever it is they're connected with, the yeah. Y, uh, the Red Cross, uh, Salvation Army, wh wherever. Uh, of course, it'll be more God ordained and blessed if it's the YMCA. We know. Amen. That. Amen. I know. That's there right. you go. Okay. <laughs> hey, man. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Good Reggie. Good to visit with you.